We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jess, you ready for rapid fire? Let's do this thing. All right. We've got a lot of Marcus Freeman stuff that we're going to get to in rapid fire. So for the people, you know, grumbling and moaning and everything else about there's not enough Notre Dame talk, here it comes. We've got a lot of Notre Dame stuff coming up in rapid fire because we've got some audio from the press conference today, including there was a question about this in the chat that we haven't got a chance to get to yet. The offensive coordinator search. So here's Marcus Freeman from earlier today. Don't have a timeline. You know, there. I don't want to put a timeline into naming the right guy uh, to lead our program, our, our offense. Um, and we'll do a, a national search. We'll do a search. And it's a unique situation where our previous offense coordinator was the tight ends coach. Um, I believe um, we have a quarterback's coach that is uh, second to none in my beliefs in Gino Gadulli. And so um, it's a unique situation where you're going to look at an offensive coordinator that um, has shown to maybe coach the tight ends, but also I'm, I'm going to consider Gino Gadulli continuing to be our offensive coordinator moving forward. And so I don't have a timeline. I want to make sure that we make the best decision for our offense and for our program moving forward. Okay, so Gino Gadulli is going to be considered <laughs> for the offensive coordinator position. I know this had to make some people's ears, you know, just ring <laughs> this afternoon. So what do you think, Jess? Uh, what I think is Gino Gadulli, I think you have to you, – you can't discount the internal hire, right? Because then what are you saying to, right. to your staff? And so I think it's it's a very – diplomatic type of response. Listen, I think Notre Dame needs to go one direction and one direction only when looking for their offensive coordinator. They need to look and study which of the possible candidates have run a similar offense that would incorporate or integrate Riley Leonard as best as possible. You know, like has Gino Gadulli ever run an offense that is kind of centered around, you know, basically RPO-esque, right? The, the ability for the quarterback to be mobile and use his feet. I don't know, but I don't want to ask someone that's never done that before in year three and Marcus Freeman's kind of biggest year to kind of come up with an offense on the fly. And to me, that's why Den Brock is so um, is is the top candidate because of his ability of working with Jaden Daniels, a similar type of mobile quarterback. Um, and his I mean, and, and we talked about it when Jaden Daniels got to LSU, he was not a Heisman candidate. 
Mike Dimbrock transformed him, molded him, worked with him, and that's what he's become. And so I want a co- I want an offensive coordinator that has those similar tendencies and have ran an offense that looks similar to what Riley Leonard would be doing at Notre Dame. Yeah, and I mean, number one ND fan, good point. You don't make a hire for a player. You're right, but you have to make the hire for the kind of guy who can play to the strengths of the players. That well, I mean, look at the rest of the quarterbacks. Carr, Minchie, and Deuce Knight are very similar, in my opinion, to Riley Leonard, guys who are able to be mobile on their feet, right? It's not just straight pro-style drop back. More so Knight than Carr, but yeah, I mean, Carr can still move. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think that, and I saw somebody say this, I think that he has definitely given himself a fallback on Gino Gadulli. Jared Parker was last year's fallback. The problem is there's so much inexperience with Gino Gadulli, and you just went through this with an inexperienced offensive coordinator, and it, it was this roller coaster. You know, like I, I know that Gino Gadulli has a good football mind, or else Marcus Freeman wouldn't have hired him to begin with. And he's a good quarterbacks coach, but it comes back. To the question, do you want another inexperienced coordinator when you still have an inexperienced head coach? Right, when the the expectations are ticking up for the head coach. Yes, yes. With every everything is is being held under a microscope now because you had a four-loss season and you've got a three-loss season in your first two years. And because of the schedule that you've got, because of the defense that you have and the roster you were putting together, Next year shapes up where this program has every reason to believe that it should be in the college football playoff. Next That's what I mean. Year. So let's look at devil's advocate of this one. Do you, how would all of us as fans feel if, if they go with another inexperienced court or offensive coordinator um, and they don't make the playoff next season? How would that, you know, what kind of perception or tone would that send considering we see all these great recruiting classes and everything else that you know that, that that we're stacking recruiting classes, we get another inexperienced uh, offensive coordinator in year three, and don't make the playoffs and waste another year of a transfer quarterback. Yeah, I mean, there's there's time. I saw you know, uh, Sam said there's eight months until next season, plenty of time to find someone. Well, you've actually got about two months. It, really, you wanted you know you, you want it done in far less than a month, even because you want whoever it is to be putting his offense together and start implementing with that offense at least a month before spring practice starts. Unlike last season when Jared Parker took over and really had no time to put any true personal touches of his own on the offense after Tommy Reese left. So I do find it interesting, you know, like the stuff with Mike Denbrock, who we talked about yesterday, like Gino Gadouli is a quarterback's coach. So it like, let's just say he were to get promoted, then you've still got to go out and hire a tight ends coach at some point, probably easier to hire a tight ends coach than an offensive coordinator, but Denbrock also a tight ends coach currently at LSU. So he would fit the bill in a couple of different ways. He's got the experience, as you said, Jess talking, you know, with, uh, you know, working with different kinds of guys, running RPOs, doing all that different stuff. So Personally, I feel like, again, Gino is a, is a little bit more of a fallback at this point as they look at some of these other guys with a lot more experience 
and uh, a lot more profile as well. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Factor has been a great friend of the Driscoll household this month. Not only are we super busy with work and everything going on with Notre Dame football, we're also dealing with a house remodel. And even thinking about cooking stresses me out, which is why I'm so thankful we found Factor. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals that can be on your plate in minutes. It has literally saved me hours of prep, cooking, and cleaning time during an incredibly busy season for us. And their fresh but and never frozen meals got delivered right to my doorstep, which also saved me plenty of shopping time. On top of that, the flavor is outstanding. Whether it's the chicken taco bowl I had for dinner last night, or my personal favorite so far, which is a filet over a mushroom risotto, I'm eating healthy meals, but not sacrificing flavor. Treat yourself to high-quality, delicious meals over the holiday. You can choose from over 35 chef-crafted meals that also support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, whether it's calorie smart, vegan, keto, protein plus, and more. Head to factormeals.com slash irish50 and use code irish50 to get 50% off today. That's code irish50 at factormeals.com slash irish50 to get 50% off, definitely give it a try. We did, and we love it. Now, speaking of the skill set, question came up today about Riley Leonard. And this kind of ties into the offensive coordinator and the whole thing. The question was, did they go out and get Riley Leonard because of his specific skill set or despite his specific skill set. And here's the answer from the head coach. He was the best quarterback that we believe was in the portal. And, you know, to me, you get the best players first. And then you say, okay, how do we tailor what we do around those guys? And uh, that is so important. And so we weren't looking for a pocket pass. We weren't looking for a dual threat guy. We're saying, okay, as we look to take another guy and out of a quarterback to add to this program, um, who's the best one that fits this place. I've always said that, right? The best one that fits this place. And then how do we tailor what we do offensively around those guys? And so um, I think that's the situation more than anything with Riley. What do you think about that, Jess? 
Yeah, I like what he said because, you know, that he basically said we we aren't targeting a specific type of quarterback. We just want the, you know, best quarterback that's in the portal and then we will kind of figure things out afterwards and I just kind of looked up quickly on threes um rankings of the top portal quarterbacks and Dylan Gabriel is 1, Riley Leonard is 2, Will Howard is 3, Cam Ward is 4, Kyle McCord is 5. DJ six KJ Jefferson is seven Dante Moore is eight and so I didn't realize how highly regarded Riley Leonard was in that fashion but you know I, I think that Riley Leonard is is going to pan out to a really good quarterback it's just a matter of you know the staying healthy part and I think that's got to be the biggest concern but I like Marcus Freeman's perspective of we're not necessarily looking for a specific type. We just want to gather all the best players that we can and then figure out something, you know, how to how to piece that puzzle together once they're all here. Yeah, it's interesting because I just saw, you know, somebody make the comment about Riley Leonard. You know, the quarterback of Duke shouldn't be better than the quarterback at Notre Dame. Well, if they would have gone out and gotten Riley Leonard out of Notre Dame, you just like if they would have gone or out of high school, just like if they would have gone out and got Sam Hartman out of high school, you would have been complaining because they would have brought in three-star guys. And it's, you know, this is what Riley Leonard is now. He has turned into some, you know, like quarterback, quarterback development is a different story. And as we've talked about, that's where Marcus Freeman and his coaching staff with the kind of guys that they have recruited, that's where yeah. they've got to take this off. We can, you know, like Jason Brian Smith Kelly is gone. So we yeah. don't have to get into the whole, you know, development of quarterbacks argument. We know that it was spotty at best, you know, like, um, but I do like the fact that he's talking about, like there's, there are a couple of different things with this one. I do think that you need to like, as, as you recruit, you do need to get guys who are more similar in their skill sets. Because again, like going back to the way Brian Kelly recruited, you had an Ian book, you had a, you know, versus you had a Brandon Wimbush versus you had a Phil Jerkovic, you know, and you, so, um, you know, and then like you had a Drew Pine and you had a Tyler, but like, so they had guys whose skill sets did not match up. So if you, you know, like if you went from Tyler Buckner to Drew Pine, you were obviously going to do, different things with your offense. I I would like to see more similar kind of quarterbacks. So you're not rearranging your entire offense. Yeah. You know, every time you Develop go from one system. quarterback to the other. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, similar for the most part to what Ohio state had been doing before Kyle McCord, who was obviously, you know, you know, falls out of, of what they had had when they had been successful, you know, but you, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but I do like the fact that, that he's talking about, look, you get the best player and you, you find things in his skill set that you can accentuate and, and, you know, play to, you play to their strengths. I mean, listen, I, I, I get what you're saying, but a lot of people are, you know, talking about consistency. It's like, you know, Alabama went from Tua to Mac Jones, you know what I mean? Like they didn't true. They went Jalen hurts true. to Tua to Mac Jones, right? Like Mac Jones, is the outlier of that group. So, you know, I, I I understand that you want some kind of consistency in that system, but at the same time, you kind of have to play with the, you know, where, where the cards are dealt at in that given moment, right? You have to, you have to 
look at what you know what guy you're going to be rolling with and what they do um, really well. Then there was another comment about you know Notre Dame shouldn't be like you were saying going after you know Duke's quarterbacks or whatever. To me, it's like some of these guys get into college and they're a lot more raw. And then Notre Dame to me is like the perfect situation because you don't do any work and then you get a nice gifted package with a bow on top of a developed quarterback that's ready to come in and play with a different level of, you know, surrounding cast essentially. And so it's almost like, what can we do? And then Notre Dame cuts out the middleman, right? Like they're just like, okay, yeah, we'll take this player or that player or this player and, you know, acknowledge and be appreciative of all the work that's kind of gone in to get that player to that point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there were a couple other comments. Uh, Bernie was saying that, the, the, going back to what we were talking about with offensive coordinator, defense is so loaded, any offensive coordinator will do. Now, what, were you saying that this year <laughs> with, with Jared Parker? Did, did, would any would any offensive coordinator do this year, or is that just next year because Jared Parker is gone now? I, I think that maybe uh, maybe you're seeing a little bit different tune now at this point. They. they Marcus Freeman absolutely has to nail this offensive coordinator hire, which to me... It's the biggest choice of his career so far. Yes, that's right. Which to me, like as much as he might like Gino Gadulli and know that Gino Gadulli is a good coach, and again, I think he's a good coach as well, it would be a lot harder, I think, to, to hire an inexperienced offensive coordinator given everything that is riding on this hire going forward. Okay, so another comment from Marcus Freeman. Talking about C.J. Carr. He was asked about C.J. Carr's ceiling. And here's the answer. It's high. high. I don't know how high it will be, but it's uh, it's extremely high. You know, I watch him throw the ball in practice these last couple of days, and I mean, he's got a, a great arm. His decision-making uh he processes information and makes decisions um, at a high level, you know, but he's a freshman, right? He'll, he's got a, you know, the one thing you can't take into consideration when you talk about hard work, you have a goal and we know it's going to be hard work, but you'd never know how much time is going to be put in, has to be put into, to reach those goals. And so we'll see how much time it will take him, but, I truly believe he has such a high ceiling um, in terms of where he'll be as a football player. And he's so competitive. That's the thing about CJ. He's smart, he's athletic, he's talented, but he's competitive. And those are things that are hard to measure. We, we get him around. Um, he comes to some junior days and those things where he's around uh, some of his uh, teammates. I mean, he's one of the most competitive guys there is. And so that's what you want in a quarterback. By the way, for everyone in the chat, we will be playing some of Micah Shrewsbury's comments here in just a minute as well. From his I was getting ready to say, have you? I haven't today. seen any of this. I want to. I like. Hey, oh, you haven't you, seen it or heard it yet? Oh, no. I can't wait for you to to, <laughs> to hear this. Then to, to CJ Carr talking about all this ceiling and upside, and does it make you nervous at all to hear all this so much on this guy up front? When he has it, yeah, it does because you, know, you don't want to set that like that bar up, and then that player never reaches that bar. I I'm know. more on the boat of not like undervaluing or underappreciating what you you know when when talking about CJ Carr, but at the same time, I, I feel like you this is what gets this is what I think frustrates fans down the road is you hear all this great talk about you know 
Tyler Buckner. You hear all this great talk about Tobias Merriweather. Tobias like, Merriweather, and then that. you get your you get everything let down. Your feelings get let down. Your expectations right. get let down. And so again, I'm not saying you need to go up there and and, and you know obviously you're not going to speak negatively about a player, but I think you can kind of be have some reservations and be more general in your comments because then it again it it, it tends to be when that player doesn't perform, it's okay. What is the what is the air? What is the fault? Why is it not working the way that we thought it was going to? And that's what everybody's going to be asking. It just you know like then people expect why isn't this guy playing right away? And the first time Riley Leonard has an off game, get CJ Carr and you know all these different right. things. There's so many different things that come with it. Does it that it does make me just a little bit nervous? But I mean, they obviously you know this is a big time recruit and like between Leonard. And CJ Carr, like these are the two biggest quarterback recruits that have been brought in here in a long time. Obviously, Carr for where or Leonard for where he is now, again, like we were just talking about compared to when he was coming out of high school. But like this is this is big time for Marcus Freeman. So it again, it just makes me a little bit nervous to hear that much praise heaped on a guy. Who's, who hasn't done anything yet. But the one thing I love hearing is about the competitiveness. Like that, the, you talk about common traits between Riley Leonard and CJ Carr and hearing Marcus Freeman talk about it, the competitiveness. And I do think that that goes a long way because I think that when you look at traits of some of the most successful players, that competitiveness is right at the top. The fact that they are so competitive with so many different things. Yes. Fill in the blank. Marcus Freeman also said today that Leonard is staying at Duke through their bowl game, even though he won't be playing in their bowl game. So he's going to be with Duke at their bowl game, even though he has opted out and just signed today to come to Notre Dame. I think that's, you know, Sam Hartman did that last season. Obviously, he played in the bowl game, but, but he didn't sign. He wasn't signed right. like there was still it wasn't even known exactly where he was going at that point. Right. So it's 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 a bit interesting. It's a little bit of, you know, a head scratcher, but there's got to be there's got to be something that he's he's doing to kind of get maybe you know like when you get out of a a bad relationship or a relationship ends bad, there's closure, right? Uh-huh. I think there's some sort of closure that Riley Leonard is seeking from his time at Duke. I mean, the guy was, you know, a starter ever since he got there and I just think that while yes, he's coming to Notre Dame, we can't get caught up of that's, you know, that's where he started. That's where he developed. That's where he matured. And so again, that, that closure um, <laughs> is what Riley Leonard needs. I don't know what he needs it for or what specifically, but to me, that's what comes to mind. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty cool because like people have asked before, you know, could you still play for your school in a bowl game? even if you were in the transfer portal and you obviously can. And the fact that Riley Leonard is doing this, I do think that it's pretty cool. Like, like um, Irish still 63 said, it's okay. Those are his brothers. You know, like these are the guys that he's been strapped well, on even, with. Like he's, he's been the leader. He's the quarterback, right? Yeah, like he's, the, exactly. he's not only, it's not only his brothers. He's the guy leading them. He's the commander going into battle and war the last, you know, three or four years. And I mean, if the coaching staff has no problem with it, his teammates have no problem with it. You know, there's no reason to have any problem with it. But again, it's very unusual based on where we are, because just look at, at Notre Dame. You don't see any of those guys sticking around, guys who entered the portal and who are going right. to, like they're all they're all scattered. They're gone. Yeah, it they're shows a good character, else. and I don't have any issue with it as well. Absolutely. 
Absolutely, it does. Absolutely, it does. So today is the early signing day, you know, like the start of the early signing day, uh, period. December 20th. So we're three weeks into December now at this point. You've got bowl games started. Consider everything else that's happened, coaching changes, transfer portal, all this different stuff. Does it make any sense to you to keep the early signing period in December? What would you do with it? Do you change it? Do you move it someplace else? What would you do? No, I like it where it's at right now because it gives the opportunity for guys who want to enroll early to be there for spring practice, their first spring practice, um, or not spring practice, that spring semester before they roll into fall camp. You know what I mean? They basically get a camp before camp. And to me, that was like when I was playing, that was the hardest part is you get there at camp and and you kind of have the deer and headlights look, right? You're, you're, You're trying to mesh with the team. You're on campus. You're trying to figure out the playbook, all of those things. And so when you have the early signing period where it's at, you have guys who want to early enroll like CJ Carr. It just allows them to get grounded and settled in a little bit easier. So I like it for that reason. John says the only signing period should be in February. I like having an early signing period, and I think coaches like it as well because of the fact that, like, there's two months that you don't have to worry about decommitments, basically. So they, I think they like getting it over with from that aspect. But there are just so many things going on all at once that I don't think that is necessarily a good thing. I've, I've said before, I would like to see it. I would like to see the early period come at the end of July, right before training camps start right before the, uh, you know, the high school football seasons get started and all that stuff, do it in late July, because most of your guys are committed at that point anyway. So why not? And then if you don't sign by then, then you have to wait until February or maybe you even move the signing period up instead of February you just move it into mid-January do it right when the semester is getting started again and guys are coming back to class I just think that that putting it here when you've got again you've got coaching searches going on you know like you get an unexpected guy Jared Parker who's going to become a head coach now and now you've got to deal with that while you're also you know, out there in the transfer portal and you've got guys entering the portal and all that different stuff. I just think that there's too much stuff going on in the middle of December, but I do like having the an early period. I just don't like it in the middle of December with everything else. Jess, do you buy or sell bowl games need to provide financial incentives for players to get them to not opt out? Yeah, so this, this goes along. David Carpenter, I'll throw his idea in there as well. He says, What would you think of having a prize pool of money to pay players in bowl games? Those who win get paid more, but even losers would make money. Yeah, so basically, what this is saying is like an insurance policy um, for the players. Listen, I don't, I think that there should be incentive enough to play, and especially with NIL. And how much you can, you know, uh, stack up now with the NIL. I think these guys should just want to play for the sake of wanting to play to finish out, you know, their career to finish out whatever it might be. And to me, I just view that as an insurance policy. And I think the guys who are really, 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 you know, like, you know, your your top maybe first round draft picks, and that's why they're not playing because they don't want to get injured. 
I still think that whatever money can be thrown at you is outweighed by, you know, your bonus, your contract, the endorsements that start happening once you're a first round NFL player. So again, I just view this as an insurance policy and I'm more on the boat of if you're getting all this NL money already, the, 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 the game itself is, is what should motivate you. Should you make, should you make the NIL agreements contingent upon you have to play right. every game that you're are healthy enough to play in, you know, that kind of thing. And that includes bowl games. Like, that's a possibility. I just don't think, like, I do think, you know, one, how is the Sun Bowl? Like, the Sun Bowl getting Notre Dame, they could probably come up with a lot more NIL opportunities than if it were Louisville playing Oregon State, for example. Because you've got, you know, just look at how excited all the Sun Bowl people were. Like, so they could potentially come up with, you know, Again, more more NIL money there. But in general, I just don't see them being able to come up with enough cash. You know, what is it going to be? Like $10,000, dollars $40,000? Well, you like, start into a trend of everyone's going to want to do that and just be like, well, if I don't get paid, I'm not playing. Right, right. So, yeah. So then you're inducing, you know, the, the guys who are supposed to be the best players. But there's other guys on the roster who are potentially making nothing. So I just... I don't think that they would be able to come up with enough money to make it all work out, honestly, to keep everybody happy in that situation. So it's a sell for me as well. This is the best time of the year. It's bowl season and Christmas is right around the corner. So whether you're looking for tickets to the Sun Bowl to watch Notre Dame take on Oregon State or looking for tickets to a Christmas concert or comedy show or just looking for a great last minute gift, Game time is the place for you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's gametime.co. This episode of the Irish Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's the holiday season, which means it's a time for giving. Giving to our community is important. There's always joy in giving to our friends and family. We also need to ensure that we are properly focused on giving to ourselves and making sure we're taking steps to give ourselves the tools we need to get through the tough times. The holidays are a perfect time for that. It's important to learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. There are ways to make sure you have the tools to be the best version of yourself. And that's not something that's only for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, 
give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com, H-E-L-P dot com slash Irish. Okay. So Notre Dame men's basketball. This is what I've been waiting for, to be honest. I wanted to yes. play it in the background because I saw it was a five-minute clip, but I was like, I'm not going to get too distracted. Well, it's not five minutes, but it's it's a couple no, of No, like the worth. full Citadel, like at, like his full post-game press conference, oh, I think, was okay. like five minutes. So these are these – are, this is edited down, and Bennett Weiss from WSB 22 here in town edited together some of uh, Micah Shrewsbury's comments. This is not the video from that, but this is the audio from that. Micah Shrewsbury, after the 65-45 to 45 home loss by Notre Dame to the Citadel last night. You lost at home by 20 points, and you didn't lose by 20 points to Kentucky. You lost And you only Citadel. put up 45 points. Yes, yes. So here is Micah Shrewsbury. I apologize to anybody that paid money to come watch that, watch that effort from that team. The, the one thing is they at least got to watch one team play hard. I thought Citadel played connected. I thought they played hard. I thought they played with a purpose. And I thought our team was poor in that area. That starts with me, number one. It starts with me. Um, and I got to find a way to get these guys ready to go. This game was over before we even got here. We have no energy to shoot around. We didn't have any energy at practice. That's who this team has been. Like, but you also you have an opportunity, right? You you try and learn from whatever the last game was. We're building a culture, and that ain't it. That is not the culture we're trying to build. So a message needs to be sent to some of these guys that like if you don't play hard, then you can sit and rot over there on the bench. And I'll I'll find a way. I'll go and talk to the people in compliance. I will help you transfer. Because this culture is getting built the right way. And if you ain't a part of it, you're out. And I don't care. So there you go. Notre Dame men's basketball coach, Micah Shrewsbury. First time you've heard it, Jess. So what did you think? <laughs> I loved it, to be honest with you. Especially for a first-year head coach. I mean, he's not saying anything that's incorrect, right? Like, and... And, and he even said it starts with me. So, like, it, it it starts with me, but also, you know, we have to establish this culture. And especially right now, this team, Shrewsbury year one, a lot of inexperience. The one thing you can control is how hard you play, right? Yes. And so yes. if they know that they aren't the best team or the most talented or the most skilled or the most interconnected, you can still show up and play with passion and hard work every single time and so I love a head coach like that because I think he is establishing the tone for what this program is going to be and like he said if you're not going to live up to that I'll find a way to get you out of here I can expedite the process for you to get out of here yeah Keon asks if he is sincere I mean this has been a consistent message from him from day one with everything that he has said like as it should be the non-negotiable is your effort and he again he said from day one he had no idea what this team was going to be and he had to cobble together a roster he had a hand you know a couple guys two he had three guys who were left over from the old roster he had 
some some freshmen, some good freshmen, but then he had to go to the transfer portal to put together the rest or the rest of his roster. So he had to cobble this thing together. And it was a listless program the last few years under Mike Bray. That's exactly what it was. It was a listless program. It was dry. It was dead. It was unenergetic. It was, it just felt like yeah. going through the motions. That's right. And I mean, Jesse, you played two sports in college. How much did your coaches talk about effort with you? Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that you have to have the mentality and it, it's the hardest part. Don't get me wrong. It, you have to have the mentality. Even when you're not playing well, things aren't going as expected. You still got to show up with that lunchbox every day to practice and every, you know, to every game. And you just got to control what you can control. You have to control your effort, how hard you go and how passionate you are about it. Because if you control those things, you can bridge the gap for a lack of talent, a lack of experience, whatever it might be. And so, again, it's hard sometimes. I get that because no one likes showing up after getting stomped or no one likes showing up after having a bad day. Right. Like those are the days you got to show up and work a little bit harder. Yeah. You can lose, but you're not going to lose going out there looking like a bunch of bones. Well, that, you know, that, that was, I, we, we make fun of Vince uh, here and there a lot, but my freshman year when we played, he was my freshman football coach over at John Adams high school. Vince always said, you know, we might not be the most talented, but we're going to be the most conditioned and we're going to work the hardest. And that was our mindset every single day. And I would say that, after it was all said and done, we overachieved in some regards because we, you know, we played better against teams because of this reason. We were going to show up and we were going to play our game and we we're going to play our game hard. That's exactly it. And I've seen some people saying that Shrewsbury is blaming the players, not taking responsibility. I mean, he took responsibility and he didn't blame the players. He just called out the players for a, a, a lack of any effort. Like, what would you be happy? If they lost by 20 points at home to the Citadel and he didn't. And he just rolls in there is like, oh, yeah, yeah like, you know, yeah, it happens. Night, you know, whatever. We just he's he wants this thing. He wants defense to be a part of this, you know, and well, again, to me it shows his commitment of wanting this thing to be good to turn right, this thing around. Right. It's got to start with that foundation that you're going to roll out there every night. And regardless of what the outcome turns into, they are going to give everything that they have from start to finish. listen most coaches don't like obviously coaches don't want to lose but if you go out there and you do everything possible and you play as hard as you can and you lose then you just lose right, right. like right it's accept it's you know you still don't want to lose but it is far more acceptable if you go out there with everything that you've got and then that ends up being the result but you just you're Notre Dame and you just lost to a team, the Citadel, that was six and five going into the game. They've lost games to Presbyterian and the College of Charleston this season. And he's setting the expectation for what he wants, what he wants this program to be, and lack of effort, listlessness. Again, that was something that happened too much in that program the last few years. So I think the message is simple. It's play harder, get out. You know, that's <laughs> that's where it's at. And I've got no problem with it. And I I would hope that nobody else does as well. All right, a couple uh, quick ones before we get out of here. This is going to be our final pre-holiday show. Uh, so uh, I've got a women's basketball game tomorrow, and then I am hitting the road to Kansas for uh, for Christmas on Friday and into the weekend, and Jesse's going to be traveling around as well. So real quick, who are you pulling for in the playoff semifinals? Bama? Or Michigan? 
Ah, uh, this is an easy one. I'm 100% pulling for Bama. I will always root. I, like, the only reason we think Bama, like, we get tired of Bama is because they're good. You know, I'm not going to knock being good. Just beat them. You know, get good. <laughs> and so I don't I don't like what Michigan has become. I, I don't like their head coach. I don't like, you know, the way that they've gotten this here, gotten here. And I got a, a, a really good friend that's a Michigan fan, and I love rubbing it in his face. And so he's even going to the Rose Bowl. He said, and so I said, all right, well, hopefully that Rose Bowl can catch all your tears afterwards. <laughs> I'm completely with you, and I never thought that I would be, you know, pulling for Bama, but I just cannot, I cannot stomach seeing Michigan win and have a chance to play for a national championship. So it's roll tide all the way. Yeah, like my best, the best part of my New Year's or New Year's Eve last year was watching Michigan lose to TCU. Yeah. <laughs> like yep. it made my night. I loved That's it. That's true. Yep. <laughs> Fill in the blanks. Your favorite Christmas movie is blank. Your least favorite Christmas movie is blank. Uh, my favorite Christmas movie is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, there's no debating it, really, in my opinion. I raised and, you right. <laughs> <laughs> and my least favorite movie, and this is a controversial take considering where I am located right now. I am not a fan of a Christmas story. Never have been. Never will be. I think it's slow. I think it's sad. I think it's depressing. <laughs> I don't like it. So I think it's hilarious. That's where I stand. I don't think it's slow, slow, sad, and depressing. But uh, Christmas Vacation is my favorite, and it just shows that it pays off. That you know that I had that DVD, and we've watched it so much <laughs> over the years. You know, I always kind of thought maybe you were tuning it out a little bit. Uh, but that is my favorite. Elf is is the runner up. My least favorite. I've just never been into. It's a wonderful life it is so old and you know black and white and the whole thing like that's the one that i think is slow and sad and depressing <laughs> i'd like to see him make a good remake of it actually i told people this is a con you know a controversial take everyone yeah. in the chat is going i i'll stand on it though i will not watch that movie unless someone else is like yeah i want to watch it you know i'm not seeking out to watch a christmas story yeah so every year at this time the diehard discussion comes up do you buy or sell it as a christmas movie um, I sell it. Die Hard is not a Christmas. There's nothing Christmas related. The only reason it's it, it, because they were consistently coming out around this time. You know, I think you have to have some actual Christmas in the movie to be considered a Christmas movie. This is what I want to know. Like, there's always there's all this like, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Lethal Weapon literally starts with a Christmas song. They come into Lethal Weapon in the open with a Christmas song, he makes a drug bust in the middle of, you know, like a Christmas tree, like they're, you know, where they're selling Christmas trees and all that stuff. Nobody talks about Lethal Weapon as a Christmas movie. And I think it is more a Christmas movie than Die Hard even. I never, yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Keon. Thank you, Corey. Yes. Smart people <laughs> in this chat. I have never figured it out. I've never figured out like why no Lethal Weapon talk to me it is much more a christmas movie than die hard die hard not a christmas movie and i will die on that hill if you could add a christmas theme to a movie that is not a christmas movie what movie would it be you know i'm gonna be honest with you this was a hard one but I think you might get a, a kick out of this. I think they should have done like a Christmas version of Tropic Thunder. Like they're in the middle of like, <laughs> like Antarctica or something. You know what I mean? Like they're going, like they're, 
<laughs> and they like they're invading Santa Claus blows up you know yeah that's what I mean and like they're outside with like <laughs> in those village scenes and people are celebrating or singing like Christmas carols or anything like that um I, I think that Tropic Thunder would be a great great movie to add some Christmas to <laughs> yes T guns I will die hard on that hill I'm just gonna go with my old standby it is one of my favorites Pulp Fiction and yeah, I just feel good. like there are so many places, you know, like like if they stroll up to the apartment in in uh, what is that the third scene, you know, where they go in, you know, to 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 get the briefcase back, like if they're in Santa Claus suits <laughs> instead yeah. of black suits, or if John Travolta, when Bruce Willis kills him on the toilet, like if he's sitting there in a Santa Claus suit, or if you reversed it, if Bruce Willis like strolls in, in a Santa Claus suit and he shoots John Travolta while we're in like, you know, like some kid, you know, like he's leaving and some kid sees it. And then he ends up, you know, in the car, you know, where, where he runs over Marcellus Wallace and he's wearing a Santa Claus suit. I just feel like there are a million ways that Pulp Fiction, you throw a Santa Claus suit on somebody and, and uh, it just, it changes the whole tone of that movie i think it would be i think it would actually ratchet it up even another notch so that's what i'm gonna go with pulp fiction well i think that's gonna do it jess are you off to christmas parties tonight or what are you guys yeah, doing I'm go to a, 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 like a christmas dinner thing with some friends so all right i gotta, gotta get going here soon all right well we appreciate everybody being here as always and again we're going to be out after this um you can blame vince if there's no show tomorrow basically from what i understand <laughs> so, put it squarely on him so everybody merry christmas happy hanukkah happy new year you know the whole kit and caboodle happy holidays yes have a have a uh, have a good one stay safe and uh, we will talk to you on the other side but thanks for uh, being here tonight and of course hit that like button on your way out and subscribe rate and review on the old podcast platforms and we will talk to you later on ivy nation sports talk headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place the elites in charge say everything's fine stop noticing but you know better and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos my patriot supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company americans trust to prepare go to mypatriotsupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. 
mypatriotsupply.com.